Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. From our team to you, welcome to Season 2 of Convert Central. In Season 1, we've had the privilege of interviewing 15 converts across the months of Ramadan and Shawwal. This season, we have created a plethora of topics for every Muslim regardless of our background, our interests and our races. We pray that every podcast that we upload will be beneficial to you guys and meanwhile, enjoy listening to Season 2 of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, uh, we have reached our fifth episode of Fundamentals to Faith and uh, today we are again featuring uh, Sister Nur Sarah Iman. Uh, she shared her convert story with us uh, last episode where she talked about how she came into Islam under the influence of her family also and also her own research into Islam and her challenges living as a Muslim in Singapore. So today, we are actually going to focus on something that uh, I, I personally have a lot of interest in and also interest in hearing her thoughts on and we are going to talk about Islamic marriages in Singapore. So, uh, Alhamdulillah, we, we're just going to start by, uh, you know, getting sister to share a little bit about uh, her, uh, how she met her husband and also how marriage life has, you know, improved her uh, practices as a Muslim. So, yeah, maybe you could just share with us just a few pointers on how uh, you and your husband got married and subsequently after that, what has changed, you know, the, the big changes. So, yeah, so yes, um, I, I moved back to Singapore in 2006 and I was applying to, uh, for my nursing uh, diploma at Nanyang Poly. And at that time, uh, I met my husband in between uh, starting starting school um so we we met uh we do have mutual we did we had mutual friends in common at that time um and we also uh well our initial meeting was actually online uh mm-hmm. which in 2006 i think a lot of people would say that's very taboo yeah. um but having said that we did find out that we had friends in common because how the algorithm works online is you have uh, uh people you might know pop up so that's yeah. how we kind of found each other and um, alhamdulillah, it, it was it was really interesting uh, encounter. So uh, my husband's name is Fias and he was he was a second year student at MTU and uh, engineering and he was very, very uh, uh, study driven as in he was really focused on his studies. Yeah. Um, wasn't in really wasn't interested in having a girlfriend. And I was just moving back to Singapore. I really wasn't interested in having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we kind of just engaged a lot more in conversation, just talking uh, when we had free time. Um, and then we started meeting up with friends. And uh, I don't know, I, I was drawn, like, like I said, in, my, in the previous conversation that we had, um, mm-hmm. I was really drawn to his... Um, expectations of, a, of himself as a Muslim, being mm-hmm. able to enjoy the daily activities such as a meal, a movie, uh, you know, going to watch a football game, but at the same time, ensuring he gets a solo on time, yeah. uh, you know, adhering to strict halal food, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, dressing modestly and just being that sense of uh, like a dawa for not mm. just me but for his friends he was an you know he had friends that um you know not all of them are muslim and he was just himself and i like yep. that he was just himself so that attracted me a lot to to fias um and the fact that he's good looking uh <laughs> for me uh and um so yes yeah, so after a few years uh after two years uh 
uh, somewhat dating. Um, he was really strict with my school. He had to, yep. he made sure that I was studying. And he would say, you want to go for a dinner? You have to study for two hours with me at the library. And yeah. he would make sure I get, I get my work done. And, and it was really good because I had nobody to push me when I was in Singapore studying. Mm -hmm. I was living with my grandma, but I didn't have anybody to push me academically. So that was a, a role that he took on himself was to ensure that I was getting my work done. I was studying, I was doing my utmost best to pass my nursing. Um, and then when my parents moved back in the middle of that, I continued to stay with my grandma. Um, and then he came over, he met my parents, you know, uh, he was, he was, you know, coming over and visiting on the weekends. And then we started to have more, more visits with family. And it wasn't until I think uh, a year and a half later, uh, I met his parents. Mm -hmm. um, and alhamdulillah, his, his parents are lovely. Uh, they, they are my parents. It's, it, was, it was one of the most arm-opening welcome I, I think I've ever experienced. with family. And um, so, yes, so it, the last two years that we were, so we dated for five, we courted, dated for five years before we got yeah. married. And the last two years that we were dating, I was dating his parents. So... <laughs> all my free time I was spending and this was the time that I also started to wear hijab uh, I started to spend more time with his family yeah. and I think we grew such a stronger bond and of course with me deciding to wear hijab and we wanted to you know be more uh, of an appropriate relationship yeah. uh, and so we decided in 2010 November to just go for a marriage course. Like we weren't talking about when, where, uh, but we thought we just wanted to go through the course so that we can mm -hmm. be prepared. Um, yep. So we went to Alphala for the two day course. And immediately when we got the paper, uh, we, I remember we were having coffee, but I can't remember if it was coffee bean or McDonald McCafe. I can't remember which one. But I remember uh -huh. I was drinking coffee and he calls my dad. He talks to my dad all the time, but he called my dad and he said, oh, hi, sir. Uh, uh, I want a meeting with you. And I just looked at him like, why do you have to ask my dad for a meeting? And I was oblivious. <laughs> and he was like, uh, my, I can hear my dad go, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. What, what, what's going on? And he was like, well, sir, I want to ask for Sarah's hand in marriage. And I went, what? He was doing that right in front of you. Right in front of me. And I was, I was, I was actually taken aback. And then I could just hear my dad laughing. And two thoughts went through my head, like, oh, my goodness, is he thinking this is a joke? But after he stopped laughing, he said, it's about time. It's about time. Like, like he was so happy. And then, of course, we got a shock as a couple because, obviously, I wasn't living with my dad. I was living with my grandma. So he went over to have the meeting with my parents. And um, he called me immediately after everything. And he was like, we got, we, I, he said, your dad gave me an ultimatum. <laughs> and I chose, I chose the option I thought was best for us. And I went, wait, what ultimatum? It turned out my, uh, my dad was moving to Korea mm -hmm. in May the following year. So this was November uh, 2010. He was moving to Korea May 2011. So he said, you can either tunang, uh, engage for two years and wait for me to come back or get married in four months. MashaAllah. I was, I was like, what did you tell him? He was like, I can't wait two years. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah, we, we, we planned and he planned 
a wedding in four months. And alhamdulillah, it was, it was the most amazing day I've ever experienced. So that's how we met and how we got married. That, that is an amazing story. Mashallah. It felt like a fairy tale, you know, when I was sitting here listening to it. You know, thank you for oh, sharing that with me. Uh, you're setting the bar high for any Muslimah that, 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 that comes into my life, you know. Inshallah. <laughs> Alright, and yeah, that, that actually is such an appropriate story for us to start our topic today. And uh, our topic today is about talking about marriage, right? So, um, the fundamentals of, of marriage in Islam is about the purpose of marriage in Islam. So, uh, some marriage is a practice of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He actually, he practiced it 12 times uh, throughout his lifetime. And uh, of course, it is something that is Islamically sanctioned for us uh, to have an interaction and a relationship between two opposite genders to express love and affection for each other in Islam. So, any other kind of expression of affection or love, like what uh, Sister uh, Sarah said, it wouldn't be too appropriate in, in, in the eyes of Islam. And, you know, uh, that is evidenced in, in uh, several verses of the Quran where Allah says, mm-hmm. do not go near adultery. It is something that is indecent and it's an evil path. So, uh, the essence of marriage in Islam is for us to exercise the natural love that we have for another Muslim, you know, in, in, some, in a way that is rightful. And it's something is in no means, is in no way uh, something that will restrict a Muslim woman or a Muslim man to, to, to something that uh, to, to something that restricts their lifestyle. So, you know, we previously discussed on how Sister Sarah met, met her husband and how they got married. So, we are, we are going to zoom in now to our discussion and, and our discussion is uh, after marriage, you know, uh, I'm sure things change. But, uh, and yeah, of course, things change so much, right? The, I mean, I'm, I'm sure your husband would have things to say. I'm sure you would have things to say as well, different perspectives and stuff. Yeah. But what is marriage to you as a Muslim? I have two, I have two thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. One, I, I would say freedom. Freedom in a way for me as a woman, I, I get to express myself. Uh, to somebody closer than I would ever have been able to express myself, and and that and that's and that's talking about somebody who's going to know you, like really know you. Um, so yeah. I felt a little bit relieved that um, I I'm accepted for myself and who I am. Um, mm-hmm. The other the other one is obviously it's half my dean, mm. and. Like I mentioned, he was such a silent. He is still a a, a dawha, Like his aklat, his silent dawha for me is he rep. He is representing what he believes. Mm-hmm. And so you know, on our wedding day, uh, I didn't know this, but the day that I chose to go with him to the mosque to Afala the first time, yeah. uh, he told me that's the day I knew I was going to marry you. Because I didn't have to ask you. You just followed me. Like, he felt such responsibility for me then as a Muslima, as a partner, as uh, somebody who he adored and really wanted to guide. And yeah. he, he felt like that was that then and there. And I didn't know this until our actual wedding day. Um, of course, on my wedding day, I was just going halal. <laughs> you know, I, 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 yeah. I can touch your shoulder. I can hold your hand. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but, but yes, I, I think it was just fr freedom to express myself and to know that the man that I chose to marry is the man that's going to guide me through the rest of yeah. this door. Yeah. And inshallah, I am also good for him. Inshallah, I'm sure you both are alhamdulillah and good for your children as well. So, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that marriage is something that completes your deen. Uh, yeah. and, and I just wanted to uh, take a look into that, you know. How, how has marriage, you know, helped you get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I, I guess I would, I would go back to uh, my previous conversation about... Uh, mm. Oh, thank you, Spirit. It's okay, go sit down and eat. Okay, go eat your muffin. Um, Okay, I think I would go back to what I was saying previously about um, seeing the family dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing an, an, an Islamic family, a Muslim family, the way that the dynamics work. I think for me, that is already half the dean. It's, it's being represent, it's bringing up kids. It is a partnership in everything. And it's not perfect. You have mm -hmm. your ups and downs, like... This, there were hard times uh, uh, in terms of, you know, for example, when I was expecting my first baby, I was really sick. Like I had what yep. you call hyperemesis, which is severe vomiting during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I, I think at a time, you know, for that, it, it, it made us vulnerable because obviously I'm expecting a baby, but at the same time, he's stressed because he feels like he made me sick. I, yeah. I, I was like repellent to him. I was like, oh, no, 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 I, I can't. No, like, don't, I, like a smell, like his body <laughs> odor. I was just like, no, 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 I can't. I'm going to vomit. Um, yeah. Okay. And so it, it's, it's, um, it has its ups and downs. But I think the two aspects would definitely be the Islamic, the Muslim dynamic of a family. Um, yeah. And for me, growing up, I always felt like I was a dependent, uh, like I depended on somebody. So knowing how Fiaz is and the way that he, he carries himself, the way that he, uh, you know, as a Muslim, I think I wanted to be, I needed somebody strong like that. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I, I obviously I, I married him was because I knew that he would be able to guide me. He would be able to, with me as as a revert be yeah. able to help me raise my children as muslims uh yeah. so alhamdulillah i i think that's why it's half my dean because i already felt like i wasn't a full muslim to begin with i felt mm -hmm. like i'm still learning i'm still need guidance and him being that pillar for me alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Still, still a strong pillar for me Alhamdulillah. And, and this is something that I'm sure many, many couples experience as well after they get married. You know, the kind of lifestyle that we live after, uh, you know, being a married couple, it brings a lot of blessings, a lot of barakah into our life. And there is an aspect of really bringing, uh, completing our deen with the kind of practices we are waking each other up for subo, having jama prayers every day. As a convert, you don't really have that until you get married. Right, because yeah, at home you we are we are most most likely the only Muslims at home. When we get married as a convert, you know, it really uh allows us to have access to pray Juma at home uh, with our family, uh, with our wives or our husbands. Then, yeah. So, Alhamdulillah, uh, that's something that you know. Uh, I I think it's it's it, I I think many of us leave out. You know, we we sometimes we, we think of marriage uh, circularly. 
uh, as, as Singaporeans tend to do, right? But mm. we don't see how marriage uh, brings us closer to Allah. We don't actively work on that. And, you know, once we actually start seeing it from this perspective, we start to see a lot of blessings in our lives. So, alhamdulillah, that, that is actually the purpose of uh, marriage in Islam. And now we're going to zoom out a little bit. We've been talking about the personal, uh, you know, purpose of marriage. But there's another aspect of marriage, which is the wisdom of marriage in terms of society, in terms of uh, psychological benefits and even moral significance. So, wow. I'm just going to list a few. Uh, and and I'm, these, these pointers are huge and, and, you know, to unpack them will take days. So, uh, I guess we can touch and go on several of these pointers uh, the, the social benefits of marriage include you know uh, building and, and joining families to do good and when to, Allah says you know uh, a good believer will be paired up with another good believer and, and vice versa a bad one will be paired up with another bad one so uh, when we marry for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we are essentially joining two families together to create another family for society and, and this and the product of this uh, union will produce three families who are doing good. And to expand our community with your three kids, you know, uh, three good kids will grow up to be beneficial people in our community. That is something that would, you know, ensure our social progress, ensure society uh, to progress towards a more mature society as our generations pass, right? So, subsequently, uh, we also experience psychological benefits uh, when we have, uh, when we get married for the sake of Allah and that is translated in terms of better mental health when you have emotional support within spouses and it defeats the feeling of loneliness we naturally get as as we are quite you know social creatures as human beings so uh to have you know a marriage sanctified by Allah is something that really defeats the the feeling of it because uh, islamic marriage comes with it with ma- many things that are different from secular marriage you know it, it comes with it not just with a contract but with commitment to each other you know you 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 are sanctioned to spend time with each other you are sanctioned to listen to each other and that would really uh you know cause one to stop feeling lonely when it, 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 for any reason you know so other than that we really try start to find tranquility and barakah in our lives uh in terms of balance so when you're married, you start, to, you start to enjoy a better balance in terms of your family life, in terms of, you know, your practices, what you do, what, when you wake up and all. So, and lastly, the moral significance of marriage, you know, lies in, you know, preventing the moral standards of our society from decaying, you know, over, over time. And, yeah. you know, we start to notice that in many societies nowadays where they don't hold strongly to the idea of marriage. They don't respect the sanctity of marriage anymore. Uh, you see societies such as, uh, you know, uh, our, our, our friends perhaps in, in, in the West, you know, you start to see uh, so, several social statistics running really just running astray uh, you know uh, first team miscarriages and also orphans and, and this really you know starts a cycle going it, it starts a cycle you know uh, if I'm not going to have a b- good upbringing I'm, I'm more than likely to grow up uh, not being a good person and I'm more than likely to bring up children who are not going to be good people it starts a cycle and it's something that is really destructive to society so uh, we've touched a bit on how Islamic marriages are different from uh, normal marriages. Uh, but I just wanted to ask you, you know, what, what do you think, you know, uh, you, you've, you've kind of seen two, both sides, through your parents and through perhaps your, your stepmom and also your husband's parents, you know. What do you think is the difference between an Islamic marriage and a normal marriage? Secular marriage, uh, when we talk about normal marriages. Yeah. I guess, I guess in terms of experience, um, 
I find, like you mentioned, it's it's a um, marriage in Islam is is a it's more like a responsibility. It is something that is a responsibility to yourself. You are responsible for the other person. You're responsible for the family. And I think in terms of cultural, mm -hmm. uh, in my in my experience in the U.S., I don't think you know, that have high divorce rates. I don't think that they feel like that there is a responsibility. I think that they feel like if they don't like something, they're just going to get out of it. They don't want to yeah. work hard for it. Uh, not to say that that was the case for my parents. Um, I think it was just a lot of, uh, it was toxic. It was a toxic mm. relationship. And I think that in some cases, obviously divorce is, is, a necessity for some but my my experience with islamic marriages i feel like they try they try really hard and mm -hmm. it's all about uh compromising it's all about coming to common ground like for me being brought up differently and my husband yes being brought up differently we tend to raise the kids a little bit different each like like i i may discipline this way he may discipline this way or i might yeah. reward this way he might reward this way and if we have if we have a concern we, we communicate about it yeah. so i i feel like it's more of a partnership it's you have respect um and obviously in islam that the husband is the head of the household which makes it easier for me because I have somebody who can guide, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, or affirm with, like, like I can get affirmation from him. I can, no. I can get confirmation from him that, that this is the way it, it's, it should be. This is the way it's going to be. Um, I also actually like the fact that I ask permission. And I know that some, some sisters might find this a bit or, or in other, other, marriage types like out of the islamic uh uh islamic marriage uh yeah. is that they don't realize why we ask for permission mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of my friends who are not muslim they find it really weird that yeah. i ask if i can go out and have a cup of coffee i ask if i can come back at this time i ask if i can have a friend over like they find it very weird but at the same time even though we don't expect our husbands to ask. Mm -hmm. My husband does. He oh, he will also ask in return. MashaAllah. Do, do you mind if I have a friend over? And I, I think even the other day, for example, he's been rucking, right? So he's he's walking like tons and tons and tons. And he's he's doing this for mental health. He's doing it for his well-being. And he's really trying to help others. And yep. the other day, he made me walk 7 km wearing a track, like an a, a cotton track suit and a hijab yes. and I was like you know this is really difficult like I want to stop this was like at the 4k mark I was like no I want to stop yeah. he was like if you keep going and do this with me I promise I will cover up the next time and I will and I will walk fully covered and he did so the next time he wore this big raincoat he covered up and he and I was like why are you doing this you're gonna get a heat stroke and he was like <laughs> I, gotta know, I gotta know what you feel like and he was like wow this is really hot. And I'm like, I know. So, <laughs> so I, I think just trying to understand each other yeah, um, yeah. is very different than other, other cultures and other religions. Um, mm -hmm, I'm not mm -hmm. to say that, that, 
that that's an Islamic value, but that's something that I feel Islam teaches. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. I, I think that is something similar to uh, focusing on equity uh, versus equality. You know, like yes, uh, in Islam, we, yeah. yeah, yeah, we don't we don't ensure that you get exactly the same uh, in terms of marriage. You know, we don't have it's it's not the case where you know the 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 men and the women we we have to share the same pain. You know, the women goes through the pain of labor, the men has to do the same thing, but rather you know certain types of jobs that are more. Uh, they are, they are better suited and better performed by a certain gender. Yeah, they are empowered to do it. And lastly, you know, uh, just coming back to our local context, right? Uh, in Singapore, our secular marriages are, are kind of you know governed under Registry of Marriage of of Singapore RMM, while Islamic marriages are governed under ROMM, which is a Registry of Muslim Marriages. So, yeah. for two Muslims to be Married in Singapore, there are two main conditions uh, under ROMM. So both will have to be Muslim. That is for one. Uh, if both are not Muslim, then there's no reason to be married under ROMM. Uh, and both have to be of sound intellect and you guys have to have reached puberty. So uh, there are actually publications about marriage in uh, Islam in Singapore uh, in the website of ROMM. So if you guys want to read about it and, and these are pretty important pillars that we don't have the uh, luxury of time to cover today, uh, please head over to their website and, and, and read up on them. Uh, they, are, they are very, very uh, beneficial. So uh, before we end our episode today, he is adorable. <laughs> Alright, no worries. Uh, before we end our episode for today, uh, we're gonna, I, I, I just wanted to ask a question that is you know closer to home, our, our converts community itself, right? So you you are a convert who got married to a Bob Muslim. But uh, I'm sure we are aware of cases where Muslims actually marry out of Islam. You know, mar- uh, Muslims mm-hmm. marrying non-Muslims under mm-hmm. the uh, ROM, Ministry of Marriages, mm-hmm. uh, instead of ROMM. So, yeah. you know, do you have any, you know, thoughts on, on this happening? And how do you think we should uh, manage if, you know, uh, within our circles, we have one or two of our friends, you know, intending to do this? Because it's something that, yeah. It's, it's pretty sensitive, right? So I just wanted to catch your thoughts on it, you know. Absolutely. I, I for one, of course, I have the utmost respect for any individual. And I try not to be a voice, as in, um, like my husband, Fiaz, we like to be a silent dafa. We like to show. So we have friends who are not Muslim. We have friends who are mixed, uh, as yeah. in multiracial and things like that. And, of course, we, we ultimately respect that. Now, from my understanding in Islam, mm-hmm. a male-born Muslim is allowed to marry Al-Kitab. Yeah. Al-Kitab meaning a Christian or a Jew. Um, having said that, the woman has to agree for the children to be brought up Muslim. Mm-hmm. And the woman needs to be, be practicing. So she should be going to church. She should be performing her prayers, uh, you know, doing exactly what her religion has told her, because that is the closest to Islam. Yep. Having said that, it is not permissible for a born Muslim woman to marry a non-Muslim man. Now, the reason from my understanding, now, uh, I'm not a Nusaza, but from my mm-hmm. understanding is because you are still a Muslim. If I married a non-Muslim man, he is head of the household. And as a Muslim, I have to follow head of the household. Mm-hmm. So if the head of the household says, I am not allowed to pray, I am not allowed to fast, 
the children will not be brought up Muslim. Whether I go against him, which is against Islam, because you should follow your husband, mm -hmm. or I listen to him and I don't perform with the pillars that I need to do to be a Muslim. Yep, yep. So there's so much conflict with that. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I do have friends who who are um, practicing separately, yep. and for them, I you know they are the nicest people, and and, and mm -hmm. like I said, we just be a guidance. Uh, we're there if they want to talk, and and we show them how we how we interact as a family. Yeah, yeah. So we show them how we are as a community. We're there yep. when they need help. Um, I, I feel that the worst thing anybody can do is shun them yeah. because you're, you're showing them a part of Islam that is not correct. Yes, we may not agree with the practices, but shunning them from a community and not giving them support as one of family. So I know of some that family completely like, nope, you're not part of the family anymore. And that's mm -hmm. really heartbreaking um, mm -hmm. because you never know by showing your kindness, by showing your appreciation, your respect, yeah. the person who is not Muslim might actually, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be three years, you never know, but they might actually open their heart to Islam. And mm. by, as a community, not uh, giving that kind of support, I think it can, it can deter them from a potential heart opening. Yeah, yeah. I think I think these are two good points, you know. Uh, firstly, for those who are in situations like this or intend to go onto, you know, this particular path, right? Uh, perhaps we think that, you know, we are able to keep our faith or maintaining a marriage that is not Islamic. And and that is something, you know, as, as sis, uh, Sarah has pointed out, is something that uh, most likely isn't the case because it's so intertwined, you know. If I'm not, if I'm following the head of a household who isn't a Muslim, it's so hard for me to practice when our beliefs clash, you know. And yeah. more often than not, you know, humans are humans, and for the sake of marriage, we we are more likely to give up on on certain beliefs and compromise on these beliefs. We are more, we are more, you know, uh, popular to do that than to you know maintain our beliefs through through it all, and. And and the more important point is this, is that for us as Muslims, right, and for us as Muslims who are supposed to be there for our brothers and sisters, who are supposed to be, you know, uh, da'wah meaning inviting people to Islam and welcoming them with open arms and making them feel at home, you know, yeah. we shouldn't be shunning these people, we shouldn't be labelling them, we shouldn't be telling them they are doing something wrong and telling them this is haram and haram and haram. This is not what we are taught to do you know and if you know we had a sharing in Madrasa Aljuni just a few weeks ago and, and it was talking about this particular topic how do we deal with people who have left Islam and one of the very interesting points that were brought up was that if we can do da'wah to someone who has not even prayed for Allah who is someone who does not have iman in his or her heart as non-Muslims right why can't we also do da'wah to those Muslims who have left the faith for those Muslims who have actually spent time in sujud for Allah who have actually spent time learning the Quran, you know, and and we in in our society we have this stigma of saying, okay, these people are, are, are what we label as murtads. Then we we don't we don't look at them anymore. They, they are as if they are not part of our culture, or or our our circle, you know. But it's actually not even the case, you know. It's, it's they are so much likely, likely to come back if Allah can give hidayah to someone who has not a, a speck of knowledge of Allah 
in their hearts, right? Allah can easily give, uh, you know, more easily give iman back to someone who has learned the book of Allah, who has uttered the shahada so many times when they pray in their lives. So, alhamdulillah, you know, our job here is to be like, as you said, you know, a conduit for them to come back to Islam yes. with open arms all the time. And, you know, although understanding the differences, understanding the pers- permissibility of that, it, it, it underlies the situation. But more importantly, you know, no one came into Islam in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with knowledge. You know, people always came through the actions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, through his adab, yeah. through his akhlaq. And that is something that we have to know when it coming to this situation. I think that was an amazing point, you know, sensitivities within our actions and, and the kind of image that we portray to these people. You know, mm-hmm. more often than not, if we come hard on them, they are, we are likely to drive them out of Islam than trying to pull them back. So Alhamdulillah, thank you so much sister for coming out to share. I really, really enjoyed the past, you know, uh, one hour I've, I've gotten the opportunity to spend with you. So uh, Alhamdulillah, I would like to thank you once again for coming out onto our, our, uh, our show. Uh, this is the third time, the third episode you're spending with us. And inshallah, we would love to get you back for more in the future. Uh, if you have, Alhamdulillah, we have the opportunity to do so. So inshallah, we are going to end this episode also with uh, Tasbih Kafara and Surah Al-Asr. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika Ashadu Allah ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa tubu ilaik Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wala asr innal insana lafi khus illa ladhina amanu wa amilu salihati wa tawasaw bilhaqi wa tawasaw bisabr So in wrapping up our Islamic marriages episode next week we're actually going to uh, focus on uh, is second generation converts and uh, the challenges coming into convert marriages uh, with a Ustas and also with three different converts at different stages of uh, their marriage. So we're going to focus on what couple that just got married, a couple that just had their, just, uh, you know, have their first children. And also our last episode is going to focus on a second generation convert talking about his experiences growing up. So inshallah, if you guys feel inspired with this session with uh, C. Sarah today, do check out our next uh, series coming up in, in uh, next week. So inshallah we will see you next week. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum salam.